Christopher. This is after podcast. Uh, the mics podcast. weren't on when when we did that. This is our first um, after hours. Three hours wasn't episode. enough. Three hours wasn't no, enough. No, not with you. <laughs> the funny thing is, no one's gonna know that you it was know, three hours long. We should, hours do long. Is we should like <laughs> we should tuck <laughs> you. Three we should tuck you in the bed that you're gonna sleep in and put on the office and just talk to you while you're laying. Seriously, in bed. like you get some That'd gold be out really of that. Fun, actually. Like, I tell the like, like tuck you in, like have the blanket like cuddle next to you, and you're just laying there with the office, you wait, know, wait, playing wait. in the background. Kim, do this real quick. Go. You know, in the later seasons when it's um, it's only a couple seconds long. It's like maybe forty seconds long. Right, right. I can still fall asleep and just uh, I can hear it and I start to nod. It's crazy. So it's crazy. So Chris listens or he watches We Bear Bears at night before he goes to bed. It's a comedy it's very special. similar. We bear bears. So every time I hear that, I'm like, it's very, very. I think it's because Chris bores you to death. I think that's more. I bear her to death. Oh. Hey, Witzel's not here. You can't be. Dude, we hone the power of Witzel in so many episodes. That's. I don't know if that's a good thing. Witzel's really good at puns. He, it's he, everybody's got to have a skill, right? Yeah, like that's yeah, his yeah. one skill. All right, stop it. The reason we're doing this after hours. We had a deep conversation at the table over we there. Were, we were, we were having a deep conversation. Now we're stuck over here. Doesn't we got to come deep. back, Deborah. It feels. Deep. I can't stop getting fruit in my straw. I mean. I know you got to pull a straw up a little bit. Yeah, I'm trying to be fancy. Put some frozen fruit in your drink and make you feel like. Egg. I'm feeling real fancy, but it's also kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope um, you eat that fruit after and get real drunk. Oh it's yeah. like the worm at the bottom of the tequila I'm excited bottle. for it. Well, yeah. like Peter Parker's uncle said, just be better. Anyway, where we were at, we were talking about borderline personality disorder. Oh, yeah. We didn't really talk about borderline personality no, we disorder. Didn't. I felt like I talked a lot about that with Andy Matfield, and there wasn't a lot of other areas. But it, based on the questions you asked me, it sounds like there are some other areas. There's a bunch. Of, so, okay, so. I feel like the diagnosis. I worked in child and adolescent psychiatry for a couple of years. That makes sense and that you like Chris. They don't <laughs> usually diagnose it before the age of 20 because a lot of those traits, a lot of the symptoms that they see can be very so less. So my diagnosis day, right? I don't know the actual date of it, but I remember what happened. Yeah. I walked into my therapist's office. You see a red dot up there. Um, Where? It's a red okay, dot. Good. It's fine. Sorry. We're asking someone who's been drinking. I know. I know. I can't even see that. Far. I don't. I can't. I can't see very. I well probably either. like look like Job of the Hut right now, but that's fine. I mean, that's fine. that look goes without life. saying. But so she hands me the DSRM or whatever DSMR. it's called. DSM. Oh, no, nope. DSRM. DSM. DSM. Yeah. Yeah. Five. And she like highlighted this piece. It was on w- the bottom of one page and the top of the next one. And she goes, I just want you to read these out loud to me, and then let's talk about each one. So I read, like, the first three, and we both kind of just nodded our head, and I kept going. And I got to one, and I wanted to defend it, and I started to. And I was like, uh, I no, that's true. What was the one that you were trying to do? I, I don't, I don't, I okay. don't even, I don't remember. Okay. But we got, like, halfway through it, and then three-quarters of the way through it, and they're all true, and they're all true, and they're all true. Like, I looked at her, I was like, this is it, right? And she kind of looked at me, she goes, this is it. Like, 
And it was such a relief to not be searching around to be like, I don't know what this is. I don't understand why my brain is working this way. And then she's like, oh, this is what it is. And at least then, right, everybody in my life kind of looked at it like, oh, you got this uphill battle. But I didn't look at it that way. It was more like, this is good that I know what it is. It took me, you know, another decade to figure it out. But I'm not dead yet, so whatever. Well, yeah, I I, I 100% agree when you're looking for answers. And even though it might not seem like the most pleasant to somebody else, it can mean the world to you to come to grips with what you've been trying to discover. Well, progress in, in a in every way is a really difficult thing to gauge, right? Let's imagine that Chris went to the gym every day, right? You son of a bitch. It would it would take a while for him to notice, and then it would take a little bit longer for other people to notice. It's right? True. Yep, yep. But you establish that inside of yourself first, and yeah. then the rest of the world sees that you're growing that way. For right. Sure. So progress looks different mentally than it than it does for anybody else. And I think that's what people get hung up on a lot. Like, oh, this person went through the same thing. They're in a different place than me. That means I'm not as good or that that okay. this didn't work the same yeah. way for me. The first time that I met you, I thought that you had Asperger's because of how upfront and vocal you were about things. Every meeting that I had with I you, I might still have Aspergers. I guess that I absolutely, totally could be. But you see that? Okay. Yeah. Um, every time that I would see you afterwards, though, it was more than it wasn't involuntary. It was it was very intentional. Every time that you were opening up about certain things. Well, and a lot of people think that that's for a joke, right? Or I right. did that for the benefit of my comedy side. I did that because I was dealing with it at that time. Yeah. Uh, and I was trying to wrap my head around it. So So when you got diagnosed, did you do any reading on it? Did you I I started to um uh, mainly because you know, as that was happening happening, simultaneously my relationships were starting to fall apart um because there was a a big narcissism factor to to my borderline and I think that's why I I try to take the opposite route at this point because I'm kind of predisposed to being narcissistic and it's a tough thing sometimes to see past that um but i i ruined a lot of really great relationships because of it because i i didn't see what i was doing as wrong i i felt like i was just dealing with my emotions and everybody else has to deal with it right and then you'd, you'd be in a relationship whether it was platonic or you know romantic and you'd say that person's got to fix me and that's oh, not, yes. that's not, you know, yeah. that's just an easy way out of it. And that latching on to, yeah. And then you combine that with my mom dying, right? The person that had literally bought my, why do you think I can't buy clothes for myself? So did she die during the time, like around your time of diagnosis? No, or? it was after. Okay. It was after a few years. Cause well, I, you're still dealing with So it. that would have been when I was 19, I, that was 2007, 2008. And she did, died, got sick in 2010, and died in 2011. Okay. It's a very new diagnosis. Well, and two, it's very yeah. intense at that time. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I the best way for me to describe it is uh, a forest fire. Like, if you're on the ground in a forest fire, the whole world looks like it's burning. Oh, yes. But yeah. if you're on top of it in a helicopter, you can see that there's one or two trees that are on fire. 
right? So you have that perspective. So I had two parts of my brain that were looking at it at 100,000 feet saying everything's okay. And then one person on the ground, you know, throwing their hands up saying everything's on fire and not knowing how to communicate that with myself. It's interesting. The way that you're describing it, 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 it is, it's accurate and inaccurate at the same time because what really is happening because I have a, a cousin who has been trapped in a forest fire and has had to throw that fucking tinfoil blanket over himself to try and save his life. Thankfully, it, it, I haven't it's, been it's, to that it's point. It's accurate but. because it actually is more like that where everything is on fire, but the guy in the helicopter goes, I'm safe, I'm fine, I know the answer, and what they're doing is fairly ineffective to what's actually going on. So I think that that's a good representation because it's it's seemingly because you're able to articulate what's going on it seems like someone could come in and just oh maybe if i say this it'll make them I feel better i can fix it right exactly can i ask a weird question on like a medical person standpoint sure when you got that diagnosis and you went through the symptoms and understood all that did things seem more clear to you why you responded to certain situations a certain way initially or was it harder for you to be like why do i act like that initially or why do it I was react like okay initially it was like this huge moment of clarity where it was like finally you know this all makes sense and then i i went to people that i cared about and people that i thought were in my corner and i explained yeah. it and they all kind of looked at me like you know, that's not real. You know, they rationalize it in whatever way. So okay. I began to question, Okay. you know, where I was with everything. And for somebody like me that had trouble trusting their own brain to begin with, that's the biggest crux for me is I don't know when to trust my brain. Right. And I deal with and it, it manifests itself. Do you feel in, like in your in, side, your brain, you're constantly battling I, two I different parts? Like there's times where I won't eat for two or three days because I can't trust that I'm hungry. Like I'll I'll have that moment. We say you're hungry, and then I'll get manic and go, "No, it could be this. It could be this. You could be." And then okay. three days later, you go, "I haven't." Like you go take, a, you feel like you got to take a shit, and there's nothing there, and you go, "Oh yeah, I haven't eaten for three days." You know, that's just kind of what happens. Man. So initially it was a moment of clarity and then it was a people not believing that you have this diagnosis. Well, and not only that. I don't feel I like people know enough about it. And especially at that time, you know. Even now, though. There's so many people that even still I'm the only person or the first person that they had ever met that, you know, had such an affliction. And, you know, bipolar and all these other things. There's they so many, know there's about, so yeah, many yeah. other people that have to deal with it. But borderline, it hides it hides in other manifestations. And the thing about it is that it's really easy to convince yourself that something's true, right? Like the best way for me to describe it is like I deal with my weight a lot, right? Part of that is just because I'm caught up on so many other things that I, I eat emotionally. I know another guy who just got lap band surgery because he convinced himself that he needed it. Oh. 
because you tell yourself over and over again, I can't do this by myself. What? And you find reasons that you can't do it. And then, you know. What is so a lap band is they put a band around your stomach. It shrinks your stomach. Oh, oh, oh. Yep. So yeah, it shr- yeah. shrinks your stomach. So you're, it's kind of like gastric bypass, but they don't say. actually. But it's not permanent. It's not permanent. Yeah. So it's a band. It's, yeah. a, it's a band that has oh, to be replaced. So in theory, you know, the way that you put it on for five years and you lose the weight and then you had change your eating you habits. To, yeah, they take it yeah. off of you. Right, and then you can process things generally the same way. Yeah, but it's just it's training sa- your basically training your stomach. Yep, and yeah. but it's the same thing as what I'm dealing with, right? I was gonna say, and, that and is there's a good even metaphor, like yeah. my, like the the guy I live with, the people that have known me for so long um, amount of time, they have no fucking idea what's going on in my yeah. brain. And then it gets to a point where it's overwhelming, and I'll yell at them and try to explain it to them, and it's so over the top of what they understand that you just you. You take this moment of isolation and you become so much more isolated that it's really hard to come back from that. Okay, I have a question. The reason why they call Wait. it attacks and, and mania, like, it's not... you, Man, <laughs> unless you're looking at it from fucking uh, webcams someplace else, like... There's no way of knowing what's right. happening could there's ever no, be. There's no mental explained. illness voyeurism. Yeah. That's not how it works. So That's World Star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So when I was 15, I had a horrible accident. Something happened. I'm not going to talk about it on the podcast. But then, like, I became very promiscuous, acted out. Went th- eventually, I went to therapy. My therapist threw that diagnosis at me. But she's like, we don't really diagnose that until you're in your but 20s. But that's the thing with borderline is that we're slutty. That's yeah, the thing. That's, that's one thing. That's because it's about so, the immediate gratification. Yep, yep. That's the biggest. So then I did a lot of research. I read uh, so many memoirs. I have so many in my basement. Did right you now. read? Uh, did you read "Get Me Out of Here"? I have not read that one. That's a really good one. Okay. Um, and then the um, "I Hate You, Don't Leave Me." That's a really good one too. I should. I don't. I don't remember those two for sure. Not, but I remember reading them. And then eventually, when I went to therapy. I, like older they're like no you don't have that diagnosis but i learned so much about it and now i work obviously as a mental health professional what can this is such a weird question but what is one thing that you would want a mental health professional to know about what it's like to be i don't like i obviously that diagnosis was thrown at me i've not been i was not diagnosed with it it was just kind of thrown at me but what would it what would you want someone like me to know about what it's like to live daily like you well, the biggest thing about it is that I can be very convincing when I'm overwhelmed with something, right? Like, imagine that we're on a ship deck, right? And you're on the top, and I just come from running up from upstairs, and I say, we're getting flooded, we're getting flooded. Yeah. And you go downstairs, and there's no water down there, right? That's how it feels all the time. Well, dude, okay, this is this. I feel like this is a big, like, connecting point is... Uh, spewing your guts out, going to bed, and then waking up like nothing happened. Or but the person that you delved all that information to is like, holy shit. Are you okay still? Exactly. Right. And it was like, it sounds terrible, but you could be literally talking to a houseplant. And like, people get so caught up on the but emotion. That, of, that's but, real but, to you. But it's real at that okay. moment. But I know the difference that when I wake up and it's kind of like when you black out really hard from getting drunk. Yes. You just go, oh. I mean, I'm sorry. We're responsible so we don't do that. Every, uh, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you act like we're not about to do it like right now. <laughs> but it fucks with normal people. Yes. Because they feel like everything you're going through right then is 100% real. And they have no concept that like maybe some of this isn't actually happening. And I think of a, a lot of it uh, to do with well, the horror movies. That, when you find it's the same thing, right? You're convinced that something's happening to you, but it's actually not happening to you. But in your mind, it's very it's, real. It's, it's very okay. real. You can see all of this evidence. You know, things can be placed for yourself. You know, we, we grew up in a time where we never stopped watching TV. But during that so time that you're feeling this is going on, you're not feeling like you're being manipulative. It's very real no. to you in the moment. And then you come back from it. And you okay. come back to Earth, okay. yeah. and everybody look else looks at it like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" They just got to see what your brain is like at that moment. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Was so when you find someone who is willing to listen to and try to genuinely understand the shit that you're talking about, you your your body, I feel like tries to uh, subconsciously unearth all of the other things. Yes. And so they get dumped with everything that you've ever thought, all of those insecurities. So it's twice as much as you would do. And you don't have, and the thing is, when you're doing it in the moment, you feel like all of those things are relevant. Absolutely. You feel like everything that you're doing in that moment is important. Yes. And that's not how it is at all. You're you're feel, feeding off of what it is. So... When we cleaned out my parents' house, one of the things that my roommate was cool with me taking was our refrigerator, right? It was newer. The one that he had, he hated it. It was a side-by-side. He wanted it up and down. And I got it there. We, we, I cleaned it. We set it up. And we both went to the grocery store and filled it up. And I looked at it, and I realized that the reason that I wanted that refrigerator is so I could emotionally eat in a place that it was comfortable to me. And I, wow. I tell I tell that as wow. a joke, right? Because it is true and it is funny, but it is also really painfully true. Oh We're all God, like yes. wake up in the middle of the night sometimes in front of the refrigerator. Like, how the fuck did I get here? Where did this come from? But it's it comes back to what you're comfortable with. Absolutely. And so much of all of the everything is tied together, right? The reason that I don't take care of myself is because I don't feel like I deserve it. And the reason I don't feel that I deserve it is because I don't take care of myself. Right? They there it's a complete and that's it's a, a very cycle. It's a very simplified way of saying that, yeah. but that's the way it goes. Well yeah, you're an overweight Joe Cocazello. He's fifty five years old. He is fifty five. <laughs> so one thing I've learned with dealing with patients with like borderline and bipolar and, and stuff. anyone with any personality it's got to be like i don't mean this in a mean way and if it comes off mean let me know but it's got to be just exhausting constantly being in these states where everything seems so real to you and people don't understand and then when you come out of it it's like it's just got to be so well, and two, exhausting think about it in a position like chris and i right where we we produce things and we do things that we're we're in a position where, you know, for better or worse, people want to know us, right? Whether they want the stage time, whether they want us to just like them or whatever it is. I don't fucking know where anybody's coming from. <coughs> Please hold. Jesus Christ, this is really gross. What do you think? That's fine. You fart into the mic, so Damn I Damn it, you're right. It. It's, really, it's really difficult 
for me to know when somebody's attracted to me because I get the feeling when they're taking advantage of me and when it's genuine, I don't see it. It's it's a very, very difficult thing to juggle because I can't trust anything. I was going to say, do not do you feel like at least when you think that they're taking advantage you, of you, you feel like you're in control still because you at least <laughs> when read I'm, the situation? When right? I'm manic and I feel like I got it all figured out, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But you wake up in the morning and you realize that you have $400 less than you thought you did or whatever the situation, not that that's happened, but you, you understand yeah, what I'm Yeah, I mean, I don't bang horse, but... Um. I haven't either. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, I, what I'm trying to say is like, Man, you, you're at one point you're Neo in the Matrix. Not only do you understand what you're going through, but you understand who you're talking to perceives what you're going through, so you know how to deal with that later on. This sounds terrible, but that's why when somebody dies, I'm the most comfortable. Because even when my mom died, everybody was a wreck. Everyone was erect. Everybody was erect. Everyone was a wreck. <laughs> Come on, dude. You that was good. Money. No, that was good. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That was good. Everybody you was do one of these. Everybody was a wreck. But I, I maintained it. And then they all got their shit together and they all went home and they all went back to their lives. And then, and then I'm there and left with yeah. all the shit because dude. I'm comfortable when everybody's chaotic. I live in that world all the time. But when that's over with and everybody goes back to being normal, they don't see what the chaos is because I've been holding on to it. But I live that all the time. That makes a lot of sense. Because I feel like a lot of patients I I work with and all that, when the chaos isn't happening, when it's somewhat like when everything's when it's let's say it's stable. Then they find reasons to make it explode. Not reasons, but like the slightest thing can be like devastating because all the things that you have built up when things are chaotic there's no out button on that right there's no discharge what are your triggers it's garbage and you have a a finite amount of time to deal with it right yes and at at a certain point it's going to explode and at certain points it's going to ruin your fucking life one thing that i will say about borderline that i'm very grateful for Mm -hmm. is that it's way more difficult on women i don't know why that is Wow. So everything that I'm feeling, it's four or five or six times more difficult at an earlier age and extended for a longer time, right? So borderline used to be known as the woman's disorder. So and you w- want to know the first time I ever heard wow. of it besides my pa- my uh, therapist? I'll let you guess. Uh, when you met Chris Duke. <laughs> <laughs> what movie do you think? Winona Ryder. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Girl Interrupted? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's the first time I ever heard of it. So then when I met with my therapist and I was like, I am not like Winona Ryder. I think people, obviously, we watch movies and we get these ideas in our well, head. And, and when you're, the, the thing about us and I think is we're the, moldable, yeah. right? It's easy to tell us something. And as long as you got a couple people pieces of evidence, we're going to believe it, right? That's just yeah. the way yeah. it works. Yeah. But talk about a painful existence. But it's yeah. known as a female. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. And that's. I think that's why I've been so outspoken about it because there's so many people that deal with it on an everyday basis and don't say anything, right? They'll sit at their job all day and think about killing themselves and some people do it, you know? I, I've i seen it. I've, I've seen there's groups, there's different things and 
honestly, one of the big reasons I keep doing comedy, I think about quitting all the time. I think about quitting everything in my life all the time. But one of the big reasons that I keep doing is that I know that at some point, as long as my story's articulated and I can explain what I went through, there's going to be maybe, if it's just one person that's going through it and doesn't feel like they're alone, that is leaps and bounds better than what I ever had to deal with. Because I, I felt like I was alone all the time. right? It wasn't until I felt comfortable enough to just have a fucking mental breakdown on Facebook. Oh, dude. That I was just like, hey. And, and it was a video. And I, I just explained, like, you're not by yourself when you feel this way. You know, a lot of people look up to me, and I don't know why. I don't know why they do that. Maybe it's just because I f- am out there or whatever yeah. it is. I'm a public figure, however you want to look at it. But they are, they're, they're seeing something in me that they feel like they don't have themselves. So the fact that I feel like I'm missing so many pieces, that gets extrapolated. Because if somebody else can believe in you, then you got to help them too, right? So then your problems right, are their right, problems right. too, and it, and it just only gets heavier at that point. It's funny you say that too, because working as a mental health professional, um, you know, a psychiatric nurse, I struggle so hard, especially this last s- summer into fall. And I talked with one of the psychiatrists I work with, like, what is it? Go- like, I've seen a lot of sick people within the last month. And he's like, yeah, going from summer into fall is really hard for a lot of people. Terrible. And I didn't want to be like, I, when I'm not here at work, I just want to stay in bed. I don't want to talk to anyone. I just don't want to interact. I don't want to even want to get up. I don't want to shower. There's certain things I don't even want to do. And when you work in the field, like you have to put on the space, but, but in reality, the same thing that in reality, feeling. I'm laying in bed. I don't, and I have to be like, nope, it's good to get up, take a shower and really, when I come home, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to interact with anyone. I don't want to do anything. I just want to lay in bed, watch TV. Like, I have a loving life. I have loving kids. I have a... You're like, wife. You, life. But, like, you look, like, <laughs> idealistically, you, like, look, oh, she must have it together. She must have a great life. She That's help, not what help it's other, about. No, that's certainly not what it no. is. Everybody has the mechanism to get through what they're dealing with right then, right? But there has to be a point, whether it's two months down the road or 20 minutes down the road where that has to be released in some kind of way. Yeah. There's, there's no two ways about it. Yeah. And it's uh, like I where I struggle too. Cause I've like within the last month too, like having those passive suicidal thoughts. I work with, I mean, my job is working with, I work in the ER. I work with suicidal patients all the time where we come up with safety plans and then I come home at night or like when I'm alone, I have these passive thoughts like, well, what if I wasn't here anymore? And it's like, then I feel like I'm like... I always get to nobody would care. That's that's where I always get with it. Oh, so you that, go, okay. That nobody would give a shit. That I could just do this right now. And yeah, you'd be, you'd be sad right away, but ultimately you'd be fine. Because even if it's irrational, right? no matter how irrational it is, it feels real. Yes. And it, most people think when you're manic or you're upset that you look different. Right. Right. When I'm hot on stage or when I'm manic, I look the same fucking way. Right. Because I've never stopped talking. The the thought process is always right there. But unless you really know what I'm talking about, it looks like it's something completely different. And you survive that enough times. And some people get bulletproof where they think I can do whatever I want to. Mm. Or you just people like me wait for the other shoe to drop, man. I don't know. This whole conversation is difficult because there's so many facets to 
like you were saying before, where especially a lot of people don't make it to this point. Right. So we know things that other people don't. Like, it's not necessarily that you are a survivor, but you have survived. Does that make sense? So like, It's, ama- it's amazing that I'm alive right exactly, now. Exactly, yeah. So what I mean to say is that, like, we go, wow, I can't believe that I'm here now. And what I can pass on to you is what, you know, how I maybe made it through and, like, what I think of it now and what allows me to make it through. Most of the time when I talk to other people who have been through this shit, it's not traditional. Like, it does not, it's not the same thing that you would hear from a therapist, and I but... Think that's the that's the fault lines that people fall into, is they say, well, this is what it feels like for me. I can find two other examples where it wasn't that way, so I must be different than anybody else that's ever had this before. And it's easy then to say, I'm placated by the fact that I'm alone, so I'm going to make this distance even further and watch nobody cares about me, and then I'm gone, and nobody really ever would care about me, right? Now, that's the rationalization of somebody that wants to go. Yes. That's not the rationalization of somebody that's trying to convince themselves that it's an okay decision. That's trying to find somebody to find a reason to say, okay, this is fine. Or okay. to find value. Like, it's not necessarily that, like, they're they're trying to say... Like, I find, like, a lot of the times... This is outrageous. The The... The comics that I uh, so uh, Andy is dr- drinking hot Jello, so Jello only looks like this when you heat it up uh, for sixty seconds in the microwave. Oh my gosh, it does kind of look like that Jello with the fruit <coughs> in it. It's hitting my stomach like that. What's <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk about your podcast. What do you talk about on your no, podcast? No, Deborah. What? I'm almost done. No one cares. Okay, about go that. go. What I was gonna say was that people who deal with this stuff. You're either trying to figure out what you bring to the table or how can I make what I'm going through still seem valuable enough to hang around. And here's what I get cut up on. I don't know why anybody likes me. I have no fucking idea why. That's how I feel about myself, too. But the problem is, every time I get down on it, I'll go to a show or I go see some and you people feel I haven't that seen pick for me a while. Up. Yes. And you feel that pick me up. Yep, and then yep, yep, 15 yep. minutes later, you're sitting there with all these great intentions and no f- muscle behind it. And you go right back to where you were. And where I was for a long time is I wanted to find somebody that was going to fix it for me. I was just going to say, okay, this is what you need to do. But it's, that's not how it works. And how much better do you feel when somebody who in that moment that you're up is more fucked up than you and you have the answers for them and you notice a change in them and you go, wow, look at what I contributed to. (laughs) Yeah. And then you're like, oh, maybe I should stick around. It's great until you have your own problems. And then once you have your own problems, you realize that you don't know shit and you want to go back and talk to that person and say, maybe you should rethink those <laughs> decisions that you just made. Try making that your professional. <laughs> like, I know you're really excited about them right now, but you like, I think you need to pump the brakes. right now. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Uh, and, and that's that's what but I he, find. But here's the other thing, too. White dudes, white straight dudes. <gasps> that's okay. That's Let racist. Them go. They're the worst. No. They're the worst. But We're they the smell kind of funny. But here's the thing. But I like football. They, so do I. <laughs> but here's the thing. They don't feel like they need to identify 
or acknowledge these feelings. So they get manifested in a whole bunch of different ways. And the unfortunate reality that Chris and I talked about the other night is that most stubborn, stupid, straight white dudes only listen to other straight white dudes. Mm. So unless the straight white dudes are saying something different, nobody ever gets a different message. And that's part of the reason why I keep doing comedy is that I feel very obligated to keep helping that. Because I know plenty of assholes, in Lisu or otherwise, that talk out of their ass like they know what the fuck they're talking about, about transgender people, about whatever it is. Things they think they fucking know about. And being a comic, you can frame that in a way to them to say, hey, you're a fucking moron, and there's more to this than you understand. That's the only way you can change the conversation at this point. Yeah, well, and... Especially from a small town. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's difficult... Hold on, let me clarify something. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish it wasn't that dumb, white, straight dudes only listen. I wish it wasn't that way. But I've had good intentions on seeing other vehicles. They don't listen. They yeah. they don't. And it's so frustrating to me because I should not be the voice of reason to that. Especially from going from a small town to live in where you are at now and then going back to the small town doing shows kind of thing. You're like, come on, guys, open your eyes. They think right? you're better than that. You're, yeah. be- you're better than these lines of thinking. And they, they don't see it that way because no. they only see where their line crosses. Yeah, right? exactly. Oh, man, we're going to have another three hours of this. No, it's actually. How long do you think we've been talking? 22 minutes. Oh, well, that's a good number. That's my favorite number. 22? Mm-hmm. Kim likes the number two. I like the number two. So when there's two of them, even better. Ah, <laughs> the I more see. twos, the better. So if there's two balls and two strikes <laughs> in heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to pump my gas at 2212 because I like 21222. I don't know why. Because one times two is two. My only number is 66. That's really. Oh my gosh, it's your favorite number, too. Yeah. We were talking about that before. We were. This part is going to be 66.5, so. You you mean the other half of the episode isn't 66.5? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? So you don't know this, but I do this thing where I, I loop in elevator music. So I'll show you afterwards. Honestly, this was a lot of fun, and it- it made me realize, like, well, I'm what we crazy. What like we this. try to to let people know. But who isn't? Exactly. We no we, no person that's not a little bit crazy is worth knowing. That's kind of the long and short of it. Yeah, and every person that we have felt was worth having on here has conveyed that in some capacity to say. Well, I didn't ask you to be on, but also I feel like. That whole rant that we just went about sw- straight white guys talking to straight white guys. It's not wrong. It's also not universal. There are also uh, molds to be broken with that. Sure. And I'm more or less thinking of it in terms of what's going to happen in a year and two months from now. Yep. When we have to vote. Yep. That's the, more this, or less what I'm worried this about. This podcast is not for straight Swiss white men. No. I like that. So they got holes in their dick, just like no. You. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying. There's, I like where you went with there's that. There's different people in the world that don't 
that don't have to deal with this shit. Right. It, it must be nice. It must be nice to look at your life and say, well, these problems aren't mine. I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. That's like if you had one broken tooth and you ate a Laffy Taffy on all the other teeth and were like, nope, everything's good. I would love that. I, I actually did so that. Many I actually teeth. did that earlier today. <laughs> you <laughs> broke a tooth on a Laffy Taffy? No, I've had a broken tooth for like two years. So. Oh, I oh, broke okay. a tooth on a uh, corn nut one time. Yeah, the ranch is that what you is that fucker. what you call Chris's dick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, that corn nut. <laughs> How dare you? Hey man, give me you, that corn nut. Do you think it gets that hard? Like a corn nut? I mean, know. I'm sure it's. I don't know. This is a great time for our sponsor, Forhims.com. Forhims. <laughs> 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 Blue Chew Chewables. Uh, Whiteclaw.com. Footjobs.org. <laughs> <laughs> what other ones are out there? Um, Handjobs.library.georgewashingtonuniversity.com. Uh, flat Toyota Corolla Tires.com. I don't know. Uh, DoublesidedBlumpkins.com. DoublesidedBlumpkins.com. Yeah. It's where you upper deck while you're giving a Blumpkin. I don't even know. I I, I have a bunk bed. Does that count as an upper deck? You know, you I, I'll explain it to you later, man. That's fine. <laughs> Seriously, I don't think I've talked with a microphone in my hand this amount of time my entire life. Well, I mean, life. yeah, you're going on a lot. I mean, oh, lapsed time? It's a lot of time. Like six hours? Eight hours? Yeah. No, I don't know about that. Sometimes when we podcast, I just, even when we're paused and everyone's peeing, I just hold the mic to my mouth because it's like, you never know when I you're just on. Like, I like all the different ways I can hold the microphone. I know. I like, like, the, like the emo style. I love this style. Hey there. I know. I know it's not a pair. I feel oh, like sorry. I don't care at all. Keep moving on and on. I don't know the words. Here in my mouth. What are you singing? Oh, hey, for lovers, Heights. Hawthorne Heights. Do you not? You Hawthorne Heights, you know that song. I absolutely do not. What? Yeah, you listened to the Ace of Spades while you were shooting heroin in middle school. That's Look, what you were doing. if you thought there was heroin in Lee Shore. How old are you? 31. Whatever, 55-year-old. Oh. You're you're younger than we are. You got shoelaces for strings in your hoodie. I do. Those are my favorite. I have one like that. It's so comfortable. So comfortable. It stays off my neck. I hate that when you have the sweatshirts that you feel like are trying to kill you. Yeah. It's like Chris Duke's hands, like a really weak guy yeah. trying to murder you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a Mitch Hedberg joke. I can't really say that. Um, a weak guy trying to kill you? Yeah. The, the Mitch Hedberg joke is like. You don't know that that's a joke here. A turtle, that's why it's so funny. A turtleneck. I don't like turtlenecks because it feels like a weak guy is trying to choke That's me all fine. the time. I was trying to make Chris feel like more like a man. Yeah, you don't like understand. It's gonna take more than that. We, we, <laughs> we've talked about my weak hands on this episode on this podcast a bunch of times, so it was relevant. Do you talk about your weak ego at all? Oh, my ego is strong. It is. Huh? Yeah. Oh, he loves himself. It's so clear. Yeah, but just because he loves himself doesn't mean he has a weak ego. It doesn't mean he doesn't have a weak ego. Oh, he's oh, got a pretty big eagle. Eagle. I, I, I do have to text. Eagle. He got a big eagle. You're like if Shrek had no superpowers. <laughs> you think Shrek had superpowers? <laughs> he had no superpowers? <laughs> if anything, that's true about me. Like, that's more of an accurate statement about me. Dude, you are a fucking wet dish rag that fell out of a Ford F-150. Yeah, I'm still cleaner than you. Went through the I'm still gravel. I'm cleaner than your foreskin. <laughs> Ooh, 
you shouldn't talk. You shouldn't talk about your true. three quarters. I hate that twenty percent of my body is your three, imperfect. Your three quarters. <laughs> no, everyone. Your three quarter dick is imperfect. <laughs> but three quarters of it is so good. Yeah, and the rest of it just leaves everybody wishing there was more of it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good Mathematically, line. I set myself up for That's that. That's a good line. God, you better wait for the next roast. You're going to get roasted. We're yeah. still going to roast should we, should you. Should we do the, the, bu- the mic bumping thing? Uh, sure. Eat a dick. Ooh. That was really mean. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, here, let's try it again. One more time. Ha. Uh. I went for my ankles anyway. It doesn't matter. It Which usually like when a more aggressive male comes at me, I do the same thing. Most dudes come on your ankles too because they can't I know, imagine getting I go any for my own ankles. What's <laughs> 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 the point of the mic at it? No, I Thank don't. you Wasting for not. Farts. That sounded wet. I'm glad that going. didn't go at the mic. Well, I mean, look at his jeans. Honestly, I don't think socks, anything could get my through. My socks are full right now. so we gotta I've never seen blue and yellow jeans before. They're yellow? Yeah. Oh yeah, on the bottom because I've been walking through all these boiler rooms. Well, but also, do you piss yourself constantly black and because yellow, black and yellow, black and blue yellow. and yellow? No, I've been walking Let's through see. boiler rooms. They have all that Someone f- works. Fire retardant. Whatever, Juggalo. Did you just call me? No, I called the dust that I walked through fire retardant, which is the only <laughs> possible way you can say that word. It's true. Other, than, actually what you other do? than Chris Duke's <laughs> No, I don't mean that. I, no, I, no. I kicked a guy to bull's horn for doing that, so I can't. It is weird nowadays hearing people say the hard word up on stage. You, well, like, he your said it like such like, an asshole, too, that I was like, nah, dude. Like, mm, you don't have to come back here. It's fine. You can find other things. Go to Crane. You know what I've been doing? Go to places. It's fine. I've been going to... If they're people that I think are worth talking to, well, uh, and by your standards, that means like everybody, Alex Petra. How dare you? Seriously, he wants to make out with Alex. Is it Petra. hard for Alex Petra w- to walk around while you're like cemented to his cock the whole time? Is that I knew where you were going you the whole go, time? This is funny. I feel like we're in a therapy <laughs> session. You're laying down. This um, is just your. You fa- know what happened? We were in. This California. is your fainting couch, right? Yeah, when we were in California, Chris, we we podcast with a friend of ours that lives out there now, and Chris and him were podcasting. I was podcasting in bed, and slowly it became this. She fell asleep with a microphone in her hand. I have which could you imagine? I mean, talking with this guy, how hard it is to fall. I'm amazed I'm still awake right now. Bam, 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 okay, bam, that's bam, not fair bam, with that. <laughs> that, that, uh, that the padding? The padding is what really does it. <laughs> like that's a, it's the baseline that I just uh, seriously. Bam, bam, bam. It would be really easy to rob me. Just play the <laughs> play the office theme song three times in a row, and you can have whatever. If I were to, if I were to pull the mic away and I go, Michael! If I just did one of those. What's your favorite? You you don't watch The Office? Are you joking? You watch the album? Chris doesn't like it, but he's watched the whole series. Uh, when fucking God damn it, I'm spacing on his name right now, but the Jim and Pam's wedding, yeah. and what's his name? Kevin's shoes. Yes, Kevin's shoes. That's yeah. exactly what I was going to talk about. 
uh, when he goes to the front desk to look for and his shoes. Like, we threw them away. They were a hazard. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what you are. You are a hazard to this couch. We're going to have to throw it away tomorrow. Well, then I better start shitting on it because I'm going to get my <laughs> money. <laughs> my favorite. When they scene, sing that song. The, the song the song is great. Yeah. My favorite scene, though, um, it involves Kevin, too. So after Michael leaves, uh, Will Ferrell's the boss. <laughs> That's right. And um, they're like, it's like their club, right? Like the boys' club, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, Kevin's really excited about being in the boys' club. And um, Will Ferrell's trying to figure out if he's like got enough room to do his juggling routine. Oh. <laughs> and he he's like, "What is this room like?" Three, four hundred square feet, and they're like, Yeah, he's like, What is it out there? Like, 13, 14 hundo. And Kevin looks at him, he goes, I think it's 14 hundo. This <laughs> <laughs> sounds like such a chumbalone. <sighs> I, I die laughing every fucking time. Do you that. know about Will Ferrell's juggling? What about it? He does it with imaginary balls. Exactly. That's the best. D'Angelo, <laughs> D'Angelo, whatever his name is. So Will Ferrell juggles fake balls. Oh. He's not and he bounces off Phyllis's head. <laughs> Phyllis, you trust me? <laughs> God damn it! I forgot about that whole fucking thing. Seriously, I, uh, I think I love The Office more than some of my family members. That I makes sense. I mean, The Office never lets you down, and it's always consistent. Like you never have to worry about your The Office asking. Like, why you don't have a girlfriend or, like, why you're getting so much fatter or, like... It's true. Why the your eyes are so red. The office just cares about you. But sometimes the office says racist stuff towards you. It does. It does. Especially when I'm, like, <laughs> doing anything and it says anything. <laughs> when you watch... Have you watched Parks and Rec? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you feel like it was just... I actually watched a parallel universe. It's in the same the universe I as Parks the office. Rec. I watched Parks and Rec all the way through, uh, like when it was on, mm-hmm. and I didn't watch The Office until after I was sick of Parks and Rec. Ah, uh, interesting. So I was a little bit late to the party, but uh, also in that same vein, if you haven't watched A Good Place, <gasps> Chris loves A Good Place. Oh my he god, loves it. Andy, that's because you're pretentious. I'm gonna fuck you. We started watching it together, and then I had a fall. I like took a nap to get ready for work, and then Chris just kept watching it. Oh my god, I love it so much. It's like the end of the first season, end of the second season is so brilliant. Oh, it makes me happy. I I gotta say, it it's too easy (laughs) to say you can just restart. Right, that kind of. Irritated I love me. I love how metaphysical it is though. Right, like, but the whole w- thing they kept it. saying, "Well, we'll just, we'll, we'll. yeah." And then, oh. well, and then he goes, he he, uh, Ted Danson goes back to find that guy in Canada that's got it all figured oh, out. Oh yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't make it to the good place. Like nobody's gone for five hundred years. I know. That's good. so. Does nobody make it to the good place? Really? Well, uh, we'll find out. Yeah. I was going to say, um, it's not determined. I, but I mean, on, I want to go to the bad place if there's frozen yogurt, really. I have a theory on the afterlife. What is Whether it? you what are good it? or bad, positive or negative, mm-hmm. the afterlife is exactly what you expected it to be. Mm. So it is either your full dream 
or your full torture. But either Damn way, it. it's whatever you lived your life to be by your own standards. Here's the best case scenario. Honestly, I think the afterlife is just me on this podcast for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nightmare. It's actually <laughs> <laughs> Episode sixty six through four hundred and twelve <laughs> are Andy Keenan not being able to fall asleep holding a mic in the air <laughs> while dreaming about the office. God damn it! I can't think of a better way to end our very first ever. After podcast podcast. podcast. <laughs> that was just as long as the other podcast. <laughs> I'm going to call this Andy After Hours. <laughs> oh, I that's like fine. That. Nobody will want to go home with it either. Like that's, <laughs> that's fine. Really? You know, Chris Duke m- burned me really hard. Yeah. Did In he? between us doing this after It's probably because you're a mackerel penguin, I think. You have that pointy beak so and sparse beard. Just I was like lamenting a my hair and how I didn't wash it correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't wash it. Is no, the I didn't wash it correctly it. today. You fucking, you look like you no. put maple syrup in your hair. Shut the fuck up. Is it because it's so shiny and no, delicious? It's disgusting, bro. When people pull out the Q-tip from their ears, your hairline is what comes out. That was that was almost good. But not you quite. liked it a little bit. No. I saw your eyes light up a little bit. <laughs> is it the vodka or is it the light? Do you want to know the truth? Huh? Yeah, I don't. I didn't think anything of that. That was pretty dog shit. <laughs> Fuck. <coughs> Gross. I forgot what we were talking about. How disgusting you are. Keep going. Um, Just keep doing what you're doing. Coughing into your hoodie. <laughs> I thought we were trying to end this. Yeah, no, he's doing a great job. Okay, yeah. so what were we going to talk about? <laughs> For real, you're making my eyes heavy. Stop it. <laughs> so you're doing great. That's we're going to sing you to sleep tonight. This is about damn time or whatever your podcast this is. This is about damn time with Chris Duke. <laughs> what do you talk about in your podcast? Um, Mostly um about... Are you a bridge troll, by the way? No. My cousins are though. <laughs> <laughs> it makes for really quick travel. <laughs> I was gonna. I always get through the express lane. <laughs> um, I'm not a bridge troll. Uh, but you look like the damsel that nobody <laughs> wants to rescue. <laughs> they're like all excited. They're like, "Oh shit! I could be a prince. I could be the king." And then they see it like, "Nah." <laughs> I'd rather go. I'd rather go home. I didn't realize it was the princess's stepbrother. Fuck. Yeah, like you haven't watched porn before, dude. I have heard of. Uh, so the the concept is, uh, straight guys getting tricked into being gay, which sounds hilarious. Honestly, I, I have seen some of those things. <laughs> uh, it's like they'll 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 blindfold the guy. <laughs> And they'll be like, okay, you're going to get two blowjobs. The first one, you can't open your eyes. And they'll put like a bandana over them. And the second one, you can. <laughs> and they won't take it off for the second one, but it's still a dude, the first one and the second <laughs> one. And then they'll take it off and they'll be all upset like, bro, I'm not gay. Stop sucking my dick. 
And then he's like, okay, if you come in his mouth, then you can fuck this girl. <laughs> what the and it's fuck? like, uh, oh, all right, cool, I guess. Like, oh my God. Half the guys are like, no, I can't do that. And the other ones are like, dude, we already oh, came this far. That's like, I so guess. funny. Dude, there's a lot. There's a lot of weird porn. Like the other day, I've stumbled upon something that I downloaded off of LimeWire, <laughs> and I forgot that it existed. And I saw it. Like I even saw the background. I was like, Wait, 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 wait. I know wait. what this is. You're first. Are you okay, about, don't do that. Are you talking though. about your CDs that you downloaded and you brought here? Yep, it's they're full of porn. LimeWire porn. <laughs> <laughs> if you play it backwards, Heather I Deep Throat. That's her name. Heather, Heather, what? Heather, I deep throat. Heather, I deep throat. Uh, not me personally, but like someone did. H e a t h e r i d e p. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Throat. Dot com. <laughs> you have a new sponsor now. Heather, I deep throat for Bluetooth chewables, so you can when you need to boost your immu- immune system. Vitamin C, vitamin D, Heather I, deep throat. Honestly, she's way too much woman for me. I couldn't handle it. It's a real person? Yeah, man. Why are we trying to close this? I'm tired. I know. I'm exhausted. It's like 4 o'clock in the morning. You're literally giving up. Your body has... His eyes are going to sleep. Would you stop talking? We're never going to stop talking. Honestly, when I get when I die, will you just hang this over me <laughs> <laughs> in my casket? Yeah, over? yeah. Be like, died on the Duck Duck Grey Duke podcast because they don't shut the fuck up. He recorded for four hours and none of them were good. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't even find a full hour in that for eight hours. I've been on your podcast longer than I was at work today. <laughs> Me too. Hey. Oh, sorry. Hashtag me too. Thank you. (laughs) I don't know what to say about any of that. Huh? I don't know what to say about any of that. Oh, okay. If you guys want to donate to Andy's GoFundMe to buy new socks. It's Glazed Donuts. What? Glazed Donuts 69 at Venmo.com. You shouldn't talk sock man. Chris Duke. Here's here's, here's the actual website. Go ahead. Put Uh, your sock up compared to my sock. www.chrisduke.com. Good lord, yours isn't even on all the way. <laughs> uh, also, I think I wore this one most of the day, so I think it. <laughs> oh my god! Did you change your socks? <laughs> ah! Oh, I love it. Chris uh, Duke ch- changes socks, but he's still an asshole. Uh, that's true. <laughs> that is a valid point. I Andy, I love you. I'm that's so, a, I'm so glad you're here. That's a character choice that I'm going to judge you for. Loving you? Yeah. If you love me, then you need to, like, really think about your life. All right. Well, Kim, we're divorced, <laughs> and uh, I'm moving to Iowa. Chris always is trying to find an excuse to divorce me, though. Okay, but also... I don't, honestly, like, I think that's just him trying to get ahead of the eight ball. Because <laughs> you think I'm going to divorce him? Yeah. I'm trying oh. to get that big cardboard box in the sky. You already look yeah, like I'm it. moving on up. To the north side, <sighs> to that cardboard. Honestly, box I don't even know where we are. Oh yeah, we are. We're in. Uh, Andy. Yes. High five. This was weird. No, you did good. But nobody died. That is also true. Also, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. 
You want to touch some peen? Well, no. Here's the thing. Like you're all hairy. Like, yes. Yeah. I know. I need to get your a good old ha- wax. Your nipples are hairy. Yeah. It's a little alarming, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch! All right. Well, thanks. Quack quack. Should we quack, just quack? do mini mini quack quacks? Quack quack. Good job. Quack quack. Quack quack. 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 Good job. <laughs>